0: Welcome to the pain-free zone. Your host, Nisi Edwards, is founder of the Vibro Patient Education and Support Organization. And she's here to offer help and hope to the millions of individuals who suffer from chronic pain. Now, here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome everyone. I am your host, Nisi Edwards. Happy New Year. I hope you all have had a wonderful holiday and a blessed new year. This is our first show of the new year. We are back from our holiday break. So if you want to join us live today, our listener line is one 463 6748 or 1-888-GO-4-IT. Go, for it go go 4 f is in Frank o r And then it, I-T. So today we're talking about a couple of things. We're going to get started about the first half of the hour talking about um, an exciting challenge that I'm currently running with my chronic pain support group that I invite you all to participate in. It's called the seven day intention. So basically each day for seven days you set an intention. And you may be wondering, well, what is an attention? So attention intentions, excuse me, intentions are the few to manifesting your goals and visions. And attention will help create more clarity in your life, especially when the seed is planted in the right soil. That's the way I view it as soil, because you want it to grow roots. So those of you that are gardeners, think about you know, spring will soon be here, how you plant the seed to get the abundance of the fresh fruits or vegetables and and beautiful plants that you want to see. So you need to make certain that your seed is planted right before you start setting an intention. I always equate it and look at it as just like gardening. I love to garden. So if I don't plant my seed in good ground, meaning I don't, uh, prepare the ground, the garden bed properly, I don't till it, I don't fertilize it, I don't water it, and I don't do all the things I need to do, then I'm not going to see an increase. Or if I do see one, it's going to be not much to it. So setting attention is kind of like that. That's the few to manifesting your goals and your visions. Another way of looking at intentions is that it's like drawing a map, of where you wish to go. Not only where you wish to go, what you would also like to see manifested in your life. It's the driving force of your higher consciousness. So basically, without an intention, there is no map. And you're just driving down the road with no destination in mind. I mean, you're just out there all over the place with no direction uh, in mind. That's just like Gardening, if you don't set that bed right, if you don't put it in good ground, then there is no map. You need to have a map as to how your garden, you want to see it look like. So when I think about intentions, it's not like a New Year's resolution that you say, OK, I'm going to make in January. No, that's not what I'm referring to. Intentions, is not something that you just set Um, For this seven-day challenge, it's not something that you just do one day and you're done. Many people make New Year's resolutions and they never keep them. I, for one, never set New Year's resolutions. I prefer setting intentions. That seems to be more powerful for me and it typically works for me. So when you set an intention, it can't be forced. When I mention about setting a seed, when it comes down to tilling the soil, gardening, fertilizing it. it, is the seed that you have to sow and then you let it reap on its own. But here's the thing. Don't set an intention for something that you absolutely don't believe in. So if you don't believe in it, why set that intention? Because guess what? It's not going anywhere. Because if you don't believe it, you you're not going to receive it. You're not going to be able to see it. So, why even bother you're You're working against yourself, So the purpose of the intention, if you're forcing it, and you don't believe in it, you've already ruined it before you got out the gate. So I'm going to share with you uh, some ten intentions that some people may want to consider since this is a new year 2018 as they move towards their goals and dreams. One is, um, I intend to manifest happiness naturally. The other one could be I intend to respond first and then react. Uh, another could be I intend to lead by example, which I think is a, a, a real good one, because in today's society, uh, leadership is definitely lacking. The next one could be I intend to be open to success and abundance. That's a real good one. I intend to be open to success and abundance because you're saying that you're opening yourself up to be successful And abundance to receive it abundantly. Uh, Another good one is to say, I intend to stop taking things personally. How many of you know someone that no matter what you say or no matter how you say it, they take everything so personally, especially even when you're not even talking about them. You can't even have a conversation in general with them without them just taking things so personally. Another one that I, I, I like and I saw these on um, Mind Body Green is I intend to forgive others and myself. Do you know forgiveness is one of the first steps to healing I have found personally with a chronic illness? Because you have to forgive not only others, but you have to forgive yourself. You may be wondering, what is to forgive myself from? Well, oftentimes if you have a chronic illness, You start feeling guilty about a lot of things. You may start feeling as though I should have taken better care of myself. You may be very angry with yourself that you've developed this chronic illness. You may be angry with yourself because you can no longer do the things that you used to do or it may be that you can still do some of the things you used to do but maybe not at that level. You may just feel guilty about A number of things you may feel guilty that you've let yourself down. And my advice to you, if you can relate to that, is you have to let it go. You have to forgive yourself. I learned this the hard way when I was first diagnosed with my chronic illness in 2014. I had a lot of anger that I shared with you all previously. I had a lot of anger because I didn't have much of a support system. And I was angry for, due to the manner in which the people um in corporate America had treated me. Uh, I was angry with friends and even some family members. And you know what I discovered? That all it did, all these feelings and emotions, it went into my heart. And then when it goes into your heart, it doesn't just stay there. It begins to manifest itself all over your body. So all these negative thoughts that I had about the people who have wronged me and the negative thoughts that I had about myself, such as, okay, my career that I used to have, I no longer have Um, some of the things I used to be able to do. I can't do anymore. Some of the things that I used to do, I can still do, but not at that higher level. I was also upset with my own self for getting this illness. I mean, it's not like you wake up in the morning and say, give me a chronic illness. This is what I want. Uh, we have no control over that. But those are some of the emotions that I was dealing with. And I had to learn how to release it and to let it go. And this didn't happen overnight. I'm going to be real honest. I didn't get to this point overnight. Uh It took me upwards of probably two years because I was real stubborn and my mindset was just deeply rooted in, I'm just not going to forgive. And it wasn't until my dear friend who was on the show uh in 2017, Eden Energy practitioner and wellness consultant, Michael Carmen. If you didn't listen to that interview, I, I highly recommend that you check it out. I had a conversation with Michael one day. And uh, we were just talking and I was sharing with her my thoughts, feelings and emotions of what I had gone through. And she said something to me that I thought was very profound. And what that was was when she stated, so, Nisi, do you want to heal? And I says, of course, I want to heal. Why would you ask me? Do I want to heal? Who doesn't want to heal? And she says, no, you're not listening. You're reacting to what I said. Do you want to heal? And I says, yes, I want to heal. And she says, then you've got to let this stuff go. That's been eating at you. That's depressing you because all it's doing is adding to your pain. And it is taking up so much energy. And she was absolutely right. Now, we had a couple of more conversations and um, I quickly realized that the insight and the counseling and the advice that Michael had given me was spot on. I recognized that the anger that I was holding inside was increasing my pain because I noticed when I would come in contact with some of these people who had done me wrong how my body would just tighten up, how I would get more chest pain, how I would get more headaches. Or if I didn't see them, if I was having a conversation with someone and by chance their name came up, oh, my goodness, it was if something had just taken over me and I just felt so much rage and so much anger. And then I started noticing my blood pressure, Um wasn't stable, you know it was no longer one twenty over seventy uh it was raising uh, sometimes I would go to the doctor instead of it being one twenty over seventy. it was one forty five over ninety, so I saw firsthand how these negative thoughts and these negative emotions was impacting my health, and it was not impacting my health in a good way at all so You definitely need to forgive others. Now, when I say forgive others, I'm not speaking about giving them a pass by no means. You forgive others. It has nothing to do with them being deserving of it. You're choosing to forgive them because you want to heal. I mean, think about it. When we walk around carrying all this dead weight, all this angst, in anger, and frustration, those individuals, they still going right on with their lives. We are the only ones impacted. And you know what? This can go on for so many, many, many years that it gets to the point that those people don't know why you're still mad with them. And not only that, even if they did know, I'm going to be honest, they don't even care. So you need to forgive others. You need to forgive yourself. And it's not about giving them a pass. And I know some of us have been holding on to things for such a, such a long, long time. And it's hard to let it go. So stay tuned. We are getting ready to go to a commercial break. And we'll be right back talking about intentions. I'm your host, Nisi Edwards. And you're listening to the Pain Free Zone. Welcome back to the pain free zone. Here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome back. This is Nisi Edwards. I'm your host and uh, happy new year. Our Lister line is open. The number is 1 463 6748 or 1888 go for it g o f o r i t so we were talking about intentions setting intentions and where we left off talking about was forgiveness forgiving yourselves and forgiving others and as a woman of faith uh, uh as a christian the other reason why this particular intention is important to me i intend to forgive others and myself is because the Bible tells us is that if we don't forgive others, then God will not forgive us for our sins. And so when I think about that, what, tell, what tells me is that, you know what? Hey, I have to let it go. If anything is going to come between me and my belief as to my higher power, if I can't let that get into the way of blocking my blessings. Now, you may not be a Christian and that's fine, but it still applies to you because if you have a chronic illness and you're carrying around a lot of baggage that you have not relinquished, it is impacting your health. So think about something. How many of you have gone to the physician's office and during the course of the examination, They may not find anything new, no new revelations about your health, but they will ask you certain questions because they're trying to determine your emotional state, your emotional well-being. If you're under a lot of stress, sometimes you can't think clearly. And we know that stress will wreak havoc upon our health. Same thing with holding on to dead weight baggage. You know, it could be. Things that may have happened to you when you were a child. I was speaking with some friends the other day and I had stated to them, you know, I remember some things that people said when I was about five years old when they didn't think that I was listening. And I remember what those things were. And kids think about, you know, kids hear things all the time and there is power in words. And just like uh intentions, there is power in setting intentions. And not only that, there is power when we hold on to negative stuff that doesn't serve us. So if you're holding on to something that someone said to you or has done to you or that has hurt you, let it go. And as I stated before the break, you're not forgiving them because you're giving them a pass it has nothing to do with that you're forgiving them because you want to be healed you want to move on and if you are still letting that situation or thing be a thorn in your side that you're just holding on to and you've never gotten closure you've got to let it go trust me try it and see how it makes you feel Okay, and also while you're at it, while you're forgiving them, please forgive yourself. When you have a chronic illness, many of us are very hard upon ourselves. Sometimes we can forgive others far more than we can forgive ourselves. So you've got to show some self-care to yourself and you've got to love on you and your body will respond in kind. I once read a quote where it stated that your mind hears and feels everything that your heart says, everything that you speak to yourself. And for me, that was very powerful to think that, wow, you know, when I'm thinking negative things, my mind hears all that and how that manifests itself. And if it's negative, then we know that it's not manifesting itself in a very positive way. So another intention that you may want to consider setting is, uh, I intend to love unconditionally, or, you know, for fun, I intend to make someone smile every day. So these are just some intentions that I saw a mind body green that I want to share with you. But with my seven day setting and intention challenge for my support group. How it works is each day for seven days, everyone, when they wake up, they set an attention. They post it within the Facebook group. I am their accountability partner. And so everyone posts their attention. And this is a um, closed private Facebook group. They post their attention. I review it. I am their accountability partner. And when I say review it, I'm not reviewing it to say it's the wrong intention. No, I'm reviewing it to be their accountability partner to help keep them on track. So I had someone who posted that their intention for the day was to get out of bed for the first time in a very, very long time. Just to get out of the bed and to go downstairs and sit up and spend time with their family. That was very, very important in them because they had not been able to do that for a very long time. So your intention is what you make it. Is That particular intention that I shared with you all is very powerful. And what I would do is I would check in with her throughout the day and say, hey, you know, I read your intention. Awesome. How are you doing? How can I support you? Were you able to, you know, Fulfill that intention. And so, um, it's been an awesome, uh, experience and we're coming to the close of the seven days within the next two days. So when you're setting those intentions, keep it positive. Make certain it has a positive tone because we don't want any negativity. Okay. We, you want to avoid that. So, um, choose something that's going to be uplifting, empowering, and that does not have any negative tone to it. You want to make certain that is something that you believe in. Remember when I stated earlier, you don't just want to be setting an attention for the sake of setting an attention. So you don't set an attention for something you don't believe. You know, when you're setting an attention, I want it to be something that you strongly feel that this is what you wanna do and that it is something positive. Now, some of you may be wondering what about the short-term or the long-term goals of it. In the beginning, I would say set an intention for the short-term rather than the long-term because sometimes it may be hard for you to follow through on setting that intention. So I give you a perfect example. This happened a number of years ago, but it was very profound and it actually did work. I set an intention and it was the same intention every day for 31 days. And then uh, I set that same intention for several more days all together collectively for a total of 45 days. And what that intention was is I wanted a better job. Uh, a job where I would have better benefits, better work-life balance, as well as uh financial security and better pay, a better working condition. So that intention, I set it every day collectively for 45 days, the same intention. And how I did it was every morning when I would wake up, I would look into the mirror, looking back at myself and say, Dear God, I thank you for my new job. Dear Lord, I see myself walking into the office of my new job. I see my new desk, my co-workers. I'm at peace. I'm making more money. I am happy. And that was, you know, some aspect um, of the intention that I set. It also became my mantra because it was the same thing each day collectively for 45 days. I spoke it out loud. I looked at myself in the mirror. And each day that went on, I stated that same intention with conviction because it was something that I wanted to see manifest in my life. I felt strongly about it. It was very positive. And I'm going to share something with you. At the end of the 45 days, I got the new job. How it worked was, I had applied for a position and um, I knew some things about, you know, the position, the job and whatnot. And it was a newly, check this out, it was a new position that had been created by the company that I was working for. They had never had this position before, and so I came into the office one day, and I checked the job board, and I saw this position, and I applied for it. I got an interview. Um, time went on during this 45 days, because all this happened within the 45 days. I didn't hear anything back, but before the 45 days was up, um, my Senior manager called me to decide to let me know that I had been selected for this position. Uh, it was a new position in the department dealing with medical education. And uh, I would soon be transitioning to train for it where I would stay in the same department where I currently was at and fulfill that job half the days. And the other half of the day I would spend training and transitioning into my new role. So, I know setting intentions is powerful because I saw that one, how it worked out for me within those 45 days. And within those 45 days, I had peace. I strongly believed in it. And I'm going to say the other part of that is I had faith that this was my intention. It was a powerful one. I spoke it into the atmosphere I believed in it. And and I just set my mind that, hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to receive. When we talked a few minutes ago about putting that seed, I used the analogy of a gardener and good ground. I put it in good ground because I also, when my prayers, I prayed about that. I did the same thing every morning. It was very positive. I had the right attitude. And I did not allow anything to get in my way. I mean, I was faithful setting that intention every single day for 45 days. And this was Monday through Sunday. So it was seven days a week. And I had joy with it. I had peace with it. And um I started seeing myself literally, I can see myself spiritually starting that new job. Um, I mean, it, it was just amazing to me that when you are that faithful about something that you really want and you go after it and you are focused on it, spiritually, your eyes are open and you can see things. And I saw myself walking into my new position, starting my new position, what it was going to be like. I set the intention as to how I wanted to feel. I wanted to feel positive. I wanted to feel good about it. And it was an awesome experience. And I went on to work for this company for many, many years. The only reason why I left is actually I didn't leave. Um, what had happened was the company, there was a merger and they were acquired by another company and they were shut down. And, um, but it was still a good experience for while it lasted. And that's why I wanted to share setting the intention challenge with you all. Now, for those of you that I mentioned in my example, wanting um, financial security, a a better job. So if your intention is to also become more specialized in your profession, then figure out the steps involved with advancing in your specific field. Okay, there may be um, prerequisite exams, um, you may need more training. You may need more uh, education. You may need to do an internship. You know, um, you may need to do a job shadow. So you, you, what we're talking about is manifesting your intentions to reach the goal that you have set and have faith and bel- believe on it. And so if you're interested and joining me with this seven day challenge, then this is all that you need to do. Gonna make it really, really simple. You can just send me an email. And um, the email that I want you to send this to is Coach Nisi, C-O-A-C-H, Nisi, N-E-C-I-E, at gmail.com. We're gonna keep it simple. You don't have to worry about the Facebook group each day for seven days. Just email me and let me know the intention that you set. I will be your accountability partner, help you stay on track to manifesting and fulfilling that intention. So I want to hear from you if this is something that um, you are interested in. So we're getting ready to go and take a break and we'll be right back. Now let's get back to the pain free zone. Here's Nisi Edwards. Welcome back to the pain free zone. I am your host, Nisi Edwards. And I just want to repeat our listener line. It is open one 463 6748 or one eight 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 go FOR IT. G-O-F-O-R-I-T. So the first half of the hour, we discuss setting an attention and I invited you to participate in my seven day uh, intention challenge. So this half of the hour, we're going to talk about how to find the right doctor for you and why it's more important than you think. So I want to share with you all uh, something that I've been dealing with. I share it with you all uh, that I had gone to the Mayo Clinic. And by the way, it is a wonderful facility. Uh, if you have a chronic illness that you can't seem to get the proper diagnosis for, then I highly recommend that you visit the um, Mayo Clinic. Uh, the the location there's also one in Rochester, uh, Minnesota. I know that they have other locations, but it's the Rochester, Minnesota one that I'm most familiar with. So I have an autoimmune condition that's going to require me to start infusion therapy. And um, coming and returning from Mayo Clinic, I set out to find the right rheumatologist whom can treat my chronic illness. And it's been very, very hard to find the right physician that can do this. And many of you have asked me, so how do you find the right doctor? The doctor-patient relationship, let's face it, is one of the most intimate and important relationships, but it's also can be a difficult one trying to navigate that relationship because you don't want just any doctor. You want the right doctor for you. So the right doctor for me, for example, is one that, number one, is board certified, knowledgeable of my illness, and who has a wealth of experience in treating it, who has expertise in that field, who keeps up to date on the latest research and advancements and treating that condition. Also, they for me, they must have a respectable chairside manner. I mean, one of the worst things is to find a physician and they talk to you like crap and they don't respect you. Um, That I, I won't tolerate. So I thought about, well, if I'm dealing with this, you know, this is something that, I need to share with my listeners as to what I have found. So when you're looking for the right doctor, this is what I want you to start doing. So go grab a notebook pad and, and, and take some good notes and you know later on, listen to the replay of this and um, take the notes and let me know how you're doing. So to find the right doctor for you, I want step one, I want you to start gathering names of potential doctors um, that you want to see you can also solicit doctor recommendations from family and friends you don't have to tell them what your you know what your diagnosis is you may say something let's say hey i'm looking for a really good primary care physician what do you all recommend uh, whom have you seen who's good who's not good same thing with the rheumatologist hey i'm looking for um uh, A good rheumatologist. Whom have you seen? What do you recommend? Just using that as an example. There are numerous sites available on the internet to help you not only find the physician, but to also grade the physician. And guess what? There are also reviews out there about the doctor. So don't take that lightly. Check it out. Review it. I'm going to share with you all what happened to me recently. So I found a physician that... I really like, who's a rheumatologist. And what happened is, in the course of um, dealing with the doctor's office, it's just been so many hiccups, you know, one issue um, after another. And I had to let them go and let them know that I won't be treating with them anymore because what had happened was I had the appointment. And they were supposed to follow me for additional testing, and they never did. I would call their office several times to to seek clarification. They would never return my phone calls. And I said, you know what? um, I don't need this type of stress. This does not sound like a good office or professional office. So I notified them that I would not be returning as a patient. Okay, that was doctor number one. Doctor number two. I had made an appointment and because I had seen another physician in that practice whom basically had no knowledge of how to treat my condition and I wanted to see another physician within the practice, I was told, okay, you can only change one more time and whomever you select next, you're stuck with that physician. I don't have an HMO. So I have a PPO plan. And I'm free to see anyone in the network. And if they're out of network, I can still see them as well, you know, provided I want to pay that additional cost. And so I share with this office that you don't dictate whom I as a patient see. I will go wherever I feel I need to go to find and obtain the best medical care and treatment for me. So doctor number two, I kick that doctor to the curb. Then I found a third physician, and these are all rheumatologists that I'm, I'm sharing with you, and this all happened uh, in December 2017. So doctor number three, I find him. He is much further away. He is um, more than an hour's drive, but based upon the recommendations that I had received from um, another physician, this physician is highly specialized, very knowledgeable of my condition. I met with him and I really liked him and all was going well until I had to interact with the office nurse who is responsible for handling the infusion therapy. So the office nurse, the reason why this is a problem is because um it's just basic things such as, I was told that I needed to have different types of immunizations and other things done before we start the treatment, which was no problem. I was willing to do all that. But the communication is very, very poor with this office. They simply don't follow up. I'm the type of patient, I need you to communicate with me. We have to have communication. If, If you can't communicate with me, I can't have you as my doctor. And the reason for that is because I need to know how to best manage my health, which means that you're going to have to communicate with me. I'm going to ask you some questions. You've got to be available and open and be receptive to answering questions. And there was another incident where I said to them, oh, okay. I says, I'm looking forward to starting the infusion therapy. And um, if I should need some medical forms completed, is there a fee or how does that work? You know, would you be receptive to completing these medical forms? The reason why I asked them that question is because when I did my homework and I did my research on the doctor, one of the reviews from another patient has stated that this office doesn't communicate, which I found out. <laughs> and number two, they had also stated they will not complete medical forms. No forms for disability to be on medical leave or anything. They simply won't do it. So instead of saying that, you know, I saw this online, I just asked them, would they be open to completing my forms? And the staff stated, absolutely not. We don't do that. That's something your primary care physician needs to do. Well, I had to drop them as well. Because here's the thing. If you're going to the doctor, let's just say, for example, you you go see your cardiologist, And um, the cardiologist does surgery and you need forms completed. And then they tell you, oh, well, we won't complete these forms. Only your primary care doctor can do that. Well, if I've had heart stent surgery, how's my primary care doctor going to be able to complete the, the letter of medical necessity? They were not in the operating room. They didn't do the surgery. They don't know anything that they've done. And so when they said to me that, no, they won't do that, I thought, well, you know what? This is not. The right doctor for me. So, some sites that you may want to check out to rate your doctor and check out reviews are as follows: Number one, BetterDoctor.com. B is in baby. E T T E R. Doctor. D O C T O R. dot com. Um, so, BetterDoctor.com. It includes bios about the physician as well as insurance information. Now, the database. You know, it's is, is uh, on the smaller side, but there are other uh, databases out there that may have more doctors that you can pull from. So one is um, Doc Finder, D-O-C, F is in Frank, I-N-D-E-R. One of my personal favorites next is Healthgrades.com. Healthgrades, H is in Henry, E-A-L-T-H, grades, G is in George, R-A-D-E-S.com. So with health grades, it's a much larger database and it offers extra search options based upon your medical condition, procedure, and it also provides additional information about the physician, including reviews. Now, one of my personal favorites next, which is number four, is U.S. News and World Report. So U.S. News and World Reports, we talked about this a little bit in, uh, in, in 2017. So U.S. News and World Reports, you can pull reports and do a search on types of doctors. So I did a a search on U.S. News and World Reports on pulling a list of physicians that are board certified in rheumatology in my geographical area, and it gave me a listing of those doctors. U.S. News and World Reports, you can also create a custom report based upon, let's say, you're looking for the best hospital that can treat your illness. So I know that um, MD Anderson, I believe they're in Texas, MD Anderson, their specialty is cancer. They're on that list. Um, n- numerous others, and I know that uh, Mayo Clinic as well as um Cleveland Clinic, uh, they are highly rated. So you can pull this list with U.S. News and World Reports and get an idea as to, okay, these are some of the doctors listed. Let me personally vet each of these doctors. So the next database is vitals.com, V as in Victor, I-T-A-L-S. And uh it's a large database, and it also includes physician information and reviews. And then another one is Zocdoc.com, Z's and Zebra O C, doc, doc dot com, and so um, that's another one that allows you to search by insurances accepted, the reason for a visit, or whether the provider sees children. Um, now, step two. So once you have that listing of the doctors that you po- are potentially interested in in treating with, you need to to vet them. So when I say vet them. With your list of doctors, you need to see if they fit your criteria. All right? So criteria can be cost. You want to find out if they're in network with your insurance. Two, doctor expertise. Remember I stated, for me, they've got to be board certified. Board certified simply means that they have received additional specialized training in that condition. So cardiologist, nephrologist, gastroenterologist, and the list goes on. Um you know, it's you need to find out about their expertise. You know, for example, uh are they trained in family medicine or internal medicine? Uh are they do you need a referral from your primary care physician to see them? Um Sports medicine physicians, for example, they're often trained in family medicine, and they can care for general health concerns. Now, board certification, um, that's number three. And bad doctors definitely do exist more than we, we want to acknowledge. And having one is worse than having no doctor at all. Remember I listed what my criteria is, the number one. I said that they have to be board certified. They have to have the expertise in my condition. They have to have uh, a gentle and kind chair manner. And I listed several other things. They have to have expertise in that. So board certification is very important. So each state has its own medical license registry online. And with this medical registry license online, it's going to list several things. It's going to list any series of offenses by the physician. Now, physicians can have a medical license without being board certified in a specialty. But board certification can provide some quality assurance. So what board certification, I want to get in more detail with you about that. What board certification means is that the physician has passed a national licensing exam in their specialty and is considered an expert in that area. So think using a rheumatologist for an example. Let's say that you're someone that has rheumatoid arthritis. You have um, fibromyalgia. You have ankylosing spondylosis, whatever uh, it may be, osteoarthritis. That board certification means that they have Passed a national licensing exam in their specialty, in those specialties, and they're considered an expert in the field. So, use Doc Finder or the American Board of Medical Specialty Certification site to verify any physician's credentials. Also, keep in mind that a MD, Doctor of Medicine, and a DO, a Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine, they're both physicians that undergo similar training and either can provide excellent care. Now, another thing to consider when you're vetting these doctors are location and availability. Think about general office hours, extended office hours, particularly nights and weekend availability, ability to schedule same-day visits. So some doctors have multiple locations. I've treated with some physicians that may have about five different locations. And with those various locations, that means that there may only offer offers hours during certain on certain days and certain times. So you definitely will need to call to inquire because available appointments an hour away may not be very helpful. So for me, I need someone that has not only general office hours, but extended office hours. So for many of you, you know, depending upon your your work schedule, your job may be uh 8 to 4, 73, or 9 to 5. And you need someone who has extended office hours. And there are some practices they do have extended office hours, maybe up to 7 p.m. or 6 or 6.30. Or, you know, they may offer appointments at 7 a.m. in the morning. Or they may offer extended office hours one day a week. And in addition to that, they may offer uh a Saturday appointment. Uh, I treat with a doctor who offers a Saturday appointment and they're there from 8 until 12 noon. So think about location and availability because if they're too far and you don't really have reliable transportation and you have to depend upon someone else to transport you there, that's gonna pose a problem for you. So another thing to consider, which was a real big one, Dr. Stahl, are you Dr. Wright? So it's important to make certain that your personality and your communication skills match. So the best way to determine this is to actually see the physician for an appointment. And if you're not happy with the manner in which they responded to you or greeted you or treated you after a visit or two, hey, move on. Don't settle if you feel like you don't have a good foundation for a relationship. That too important. And many of us, we settle in for, I don't want you to settle. This is a new year, new beginnings, 2018. No one is going to be settling for any physician. And I don't want you to feel that you have to settle. If you need assistance in finding the right doctor for you, send me an email and I will help you and assist you any way I can to find the right physician for you. But you will need to personally vet them for your own needs. Also, another thing to consider, office amenities and the overall experience. These are little things, but they can add up to many things. So consider the waiting room times. The physician that I told you that uh, I found who was a distance away, but there was a problem with them completing the medical forms. My appointment was at 2 o'clock p.m. I arrived at the office at 1230 p.m., so um, an hour and a half. I was a new patient. I knew there were some forms I needed to complete. And since it was a distance away, I need to make certain that I allocated enough travel commute time to get there on time. So here I am. I'm there 90 minutes ahead of time. My appointment is at 2 p.m. And do you know what? After waiting for 90 minutes, when 2 p.m. came, they still did not pull me into the office until about a quarter to three. So altogether. I was waiting well over 2 hours to see this new doctor. Um so think about like I stated the the waiting room times, the amenities and oh my goodness the front staff. Um all all that can make or break uh, a relationship with a doctor. Okay? Especially the personalities of the office staff because significant time and interactions are going to occur with them, especially if you need to leave a message for your doctor. All these factors will impact the overall experience. And so the takeaway from this that I want you to realize is that finding the right doctor takes some time and homework, but it's well worth the investment. It's basically like looking for a needle in a haystack. Never be afraid to counsel a doctor. I mean, if they're not working for you, you don't need them. Because remember, you're in the driver's seat. You're the patient. They're not seeing you for free. There is a cost involved. And you have the right to expect quality care, quality medical care and treatment, and to be respected. So I hope you enjoyed today's segment. Uh This is episode number one 2018 and I really would like to see as many people as possible enter into the seven-day intention challenge so you have been listening to Nisi Edwards and I'm your host of the pain-free zone until we meet again next Tuesday be blessed thank you (laughs) We'll <laughs>